chapter 50 and verse 20 this is uh where this is going to definitely be a two-part sermon but the thing is what you're holding if you have a bulletin is just the first part and we'll try to hit the ground running and talking about a very difficult subject now This is a subject, I think, even in two certain... matter of fact, there's volumes of books that have been written on this subject. Why do bad things happen to good people? Now, that's, a diff, that's not... That's an easy question to ask, but not an easy answer to give. And a lot of people struggle with this, especially non-Christians. There's a lot of information. I'm talking about going back to the very beginning of evil and where did evil come from and we're going to get into a little bit of philosophy this morning but uh, biblical philosophy and philosophies are ideas or principles that are based or agree with scripture and uh, that's there are such things as philosophy in college that can uh, lead you into all kind of weird ideas but there are biblically based or scriptural philosophies or principles that come from God's word Now, looking at this, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, There's some great resources. We do have the Case for Faith. That's a book, as well as a DVD. It's great. It's in layman's terms. It's just simple. And you can watch that. And that's in our, both those are in our library. I'm talking about the DVD and the book, okay, are in our library. One that will be in our library later. Matter of fact, there's two sets. When Skeptics Ask and When Critics Ask by Norman Geisler. Excellent, excellent reading. If you want to look specifically at these questions, such as, how can I trust the Bible? Or, why do bad things happen to good people? And, uh, you know, just the fact that there is evil in the world uh, can lead you to the proof that there is a God. Did you know that if there is no God, there is no right and wrong? We just make it up as we go. Because if there is no God, then the Bible is just made up by men. Where did it come from? Now, we believe that men were inspired by God to write these words. So we believe these words are from God or God breathed. That is inspiration. They came from God as men were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now back to our, that covers introduction, Genesis 50, verse 20. This is, of course, Joseph's response to his brothers that threw him in the pit, were going to kill him. Everything that happened bad in Joseph's life, It was, Joseph said, all this bad things, and he's a good guy. He's a servant of Jehovah God. He's living for the Lord. But guess what? 
You can be living for God and have bad stuff happen to you all the time. You can be right with God. Your prayer life can be perfect and read the Bible through ten times in a year and still bad stuff can happen to you. And we're going to talk about that. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. In other words, God allowed bad things to happen to me so that His glory could be seen. Now, I didn't put any other scriptures in there, such as in uh, John sixteen thirty, I believe, where Jesus said, You shall have tribulation in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He said, I've suffered. Matter of fact, one of my Favorite verses in Isaiah 53, it says that He knows our griefs. He has been through grief. There is not a single problem, tragedy that you can face that Jesus did not face. Even his one of His best friends in the world. Three people that he was very dear to, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Remember, he lost his friend Lazarus. Say, well, he rose him from the grave. Yeah, but he died again. So Lazarus died twice. Think about that. Also, think about, you know, the verse, think about Job. All the bad things that happened to Job, he is really the hallmark central character of a, I'm talking about a person that's not deity, Jesus, of course, is deity. He's God in the flesh. But just a sinner saved by grace, Job, he said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And that's true. And we're all people born of a woman. And guess what? We don't live very long and it's full of trouble. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're going to have difficult times. We're going to have unexplainable evils happen to us. Many of us, uh, some of the most uh, hard and difficult things in life that have happened to, to people in this room, of course, many, several individuals in this room have lost loved ones, family members, children, and all sorts of other tragedies, cancer, sickness, premature uh, tragedies and accidents, I'm talking about unexplainable things. People say, Brother Michael, is there an answer? And I'll tell you this, sometimes not this side of eternity will we know the answer. You see, well, you say, and of course, what is one of the more famous verses that preachers use whenever tragedy happens or bad things happen to good people. Of course, one of the more famous ones, and it's a great one, is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work, doesn't say all things are good, but it says all things work together for good to them who love the Lord Jesus and who are the called according to His purpose. Two, two qualifications there, to them that love the Lord and to them who are thee called. In other words, that you belong to the Lord. It says all, it doesn't say all things are good, but all things work together for good. But that doesn't help me now. That's what we, that's, and I know, but many times we want an answer, a tangible, that means touchable answer that we can grasp. 
and hold on to. And I ask you this morning, you say when bad things happen, did you know bad things are evil? There's evil inside of you right now. Because evil basically is just sin. That's all it is. One person defined evil as the lack of something that should be there in a relationship between good things. I like that. And uh, what is missing? Uh, We lost our fellowship with God. That's evil. Sin is an example. Sin corrupts and takes away what should be there. We have a relationship with God. Sin comes in and ruins it. And all of us, the Bible says, are sinners. So therefore, something's missing. The Bible says our heart is full of deceit and wickedness. Our heart is what we desire, by the way. You say, that's my blood pumping muscle. No, no, no. You know, we say we invite Jesus into our heart. We talk about the imaginations of our heart. But that's what you desire. You didn't invite Jesus into your blood pumping muscle. You invited him into the center of your life or your innermost desire. Head to, uh, as I'm turning to 1 John chapter 3, uh, a Bible dictionary called Erdman's Dictionary says, Evil is a wide range of activities and conditions both in individuals and communities, from misfortune and despair to wickedness, maliciousness, and corruption. So evil is definitely, when we think of evil, we think of people like Saddam Hussein. Matter of fact, when, uh, our world just lost another dictator this week in Muammar Gaddafi. In Libya, they found him hiding, kind of like uh, uh, Saddam Hussein. We think of people like Stalin, Hitler, other people that we know murdered Millions and thousands of people did not care. I read this week as I was preparing this sermon. I'm talking about in, in, uh, in books that tried to describe what we would consider hideous evil acts. Mainly the most current ones, the most evil regime. We think about uh, Saddam's evil regime and different things. But the German army, I read this week some of the atrocities during World War II by the German army that was, I was literally almost in tears just reading the descriptions of what they would do to people. It was unbelievable. And we, we call that evil. Now, in this scripture... In 1 John chapter 3, and read verse 4 and verse 8. Now this is a basic definition of sin. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is a transgression, or basically this, of the law, going against God. And then in verse, that's verse 4, verse 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. And what that means is, is well, you say, well, I'm, I'm a sinner. But no, this means you sin, you have no qualms about it, you enjoy it, it is a pattern of your lifestyle. Even though after you're saved, we still commit sin, but we 
it's not our habits, it's not our lifestyle, it's not what we desire to do. If you desire to sin after you're saved, you're not saved, okay? If you want and, and look forward to it without any guilt. But anyway, moving on. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, that leads us to the next question. Where does evil come from? Now, a lot of us, it sounds easy to just say, well, the devil, and I even put it in there. Number one, we know that there's evil in the world. We know there's bad things. All of us have done them, committed them, but where does that come from? Did sin originate with Satan? Did he create it? The very first one, if you will... Head to Isaiah 14. I'm going to put my finger there. And also Ezekiel 28. Alright? That will give you plenty of time to get there and find it. Isaiah 14. Then Ezekiel 28. Not very far apart from each other. Okay, and I'm just going to... Once I find it, I'm just going to lay my Bible just like that, and I'll have it, all right? You may have a Bible marker. Let me talk about this. And it's easy to say, you know, number one, and there's, a, and I'm going to come up with some a word later on, and, and I'm going to read them to you. matter of fact, that's the reason the outline's so long. I had to put some things in your outline called syllogisms. Now, syllogism is basically this, is a is a statement of arguments for logic. That's all it is, all right? And you'll look at some of these and basically say this, did you know that God created everything perfectly? Some, You know, I heard one fellow say, well, who created darkness? Well, they said God did because he created light. No, he just created the light, and the darkness can come from the absence of light, all right? He didn't have to create it. All right, also they say, well, God created everything good, therefore God created evil. No. Basically what it comes down to is just like darkness, God creates everything. He created everything perfectly. But being the all-knowing, all-powerful God, all-knowing just means He knows everything. All-powerful means that He has the power, uh, uh, basically, to over everything. That's a good way to put it, all right? It doesn't mean he can do anything he wants, by the way. Being all-powerful doesn't because the Bible says God cannot lie because it's against his nature. Also, God cannot go against logic. Did you know he can't create a uh, round square? That's illogical, all right? Get that? It's just you cannot create uh, anything that's against even logic itself, all right? He cannot lie. You say, well, he can do anything he wants. No, it's against his nature. A rock cannot fly, okay? It's against his nature. God's nature doesn't allow him to lie. It's against his nature, all right? Take away from all powerfulness. He's not going to violate his own principles. He can't. It's against his nature. So he creates this, basically this. God creates everything good. Now, I'm laying down this foundation of where did evil come from. 
And we always think, well, Satan created it. He came up with it. But did you know that God created Satan? His name was Lucifer then. And guess what? Just like man, when God created Lucifer and all the angels, they were perfect. He created this world perfect. He created, as a matter of fact, he said, I created everything in six days and rested the seventh. And guess what? He said, it's all good. So where did evil come from? Well, Isaiah 14 gives you a little insight on the very first evil. And of course, Satan committed the very first evil, but did he create it? No, he didn't create it. He chose it. Let's look. Isaiah 14, verse 13. We see a little bit. This is the origin of Satan. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And then it says, of course, in verse 15, you're going to be brought down, Satan. And if you flip over, since I've got my Bible already marked, I'm just going to flip it over here to Ezekiel 28, which is the other one. It's easy to remember, Isaiah 14, double it to Ezekiel 28. And it says this about Satan. He's called the king of Tyre here. And, uh, but Ezekiel 28, verse 15 it says, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, which tells you what? Number one, Satan was perfect, so was Adam and Eve. All right? Until the iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, because that's what type of angel he was, an anointed cherub, as it says in another place, from the midst of the stones of fire. It says here, verse 17 gives you a little insight what happened in Satan's heart. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. So, this is interesting, and I put it in there, and basically it's this. One of the perfect things God created was free creatures. In other words, the angels and man had a choice. Free will is the cause of evil, all right? So, imperfection, evil can arise from imperfection, not directly, but indirectly because of freedom. So, some people say, where did evil come from? Did Satan come up with it? No, he was the very first one to make the choice. Now, of all the beings that God created, there was only one being that God created in His image. And this is very important because the crowning achievement of God's creation, as powerful as Satan is, and they are more powerful than us, and that is this, is that we are God's crowning Creation, why? Because we're created in the image of God. Angels were not created in the image of God. They were created as servants. All right? Now, according to the Bible, we don't know the number of angels that God created. But we believe that according to the book of Revelation chapter 12, that a third of the angels followed Satan out of heaven. 
made a choice. And uh, But anyway, get this. If we believe that we're created in the image of God, if we do not have free will, if we do not have a choice, then guess what? God doesn't have any choice either. All right? But since we are created in the image of God, he, we have emotions, we have free will, we have uh, uh, five fingers on each hand. Guess that God has fingers and hands and two eyeballs and a nose. How do I know that? Because we're created in the image of God. All right? Now, when God did that, he breathed into man into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a what? A living soul. And he gave the greatest gift. We say the greatest gift of salvation. Well, the greatest gift we have is free will, the ability to choose. Now, we say Satan chose. Now, again, if we're created in God's image, either God has the ability to choose or he doesn't. We have the ability to choose or we don't. But either way, Satan chose, but God already had a plan. Knowing, all right? Now, where did evil come from? Evil came from, it cannot come from perfection directly, but indirectly, God allowed for it to rise. Kind of like darkness. He created light. Darkness was already the opposite of light. He didn't create evil, but evil had the capacity to be there. So, therefore, we think, why are there hideous men who who choose to do horrible things because they choose to do so? And it is awful choices. Why doesn't now? Here is here's the first syllogism that I want to throw at you. In other words, here's what people say. Look at Roman numeral three. Why doesn't God stop this? The plane crashed. God could have prevented it. The hurricane came in and wiped out thousands of people died. God could have stopped the hurricane. God could have stopped the tornado. God could have stopped the car crash. Why doesn't He interfere more often? That's basically a tough question. Roman numeral three. Why doesn't God stop evil? People say against the existence of God, they'll say this. If God is all good, He would destroy evil. If God is all powerful, He can destroy evil. Evil is not destroyed, therefore there is no God. Well, that's from a wrong point of view or a wrong perspective. What is the answer to the question? There's basically two answers. Number one, get this. And really, we're going to hit home with this next week, and we're going to compare it to having children. You say, God could have prevented all this. He could have just created nothing. Therefore, we wouldn't have suffering, which is kind of like this. Have you ever heard parents say, this world, they say, because get this, here's how we would, I'm going to try to reduce this to you and I, and how, how can you and I get a grasp of this? Okay, oh man, God is all good, all powerful. Man, 
why in the world would God create a world with such capacity for evil and bad stuff? You know what? He allows people to make choices. He allows it to happen. Here, okay, well, I just think that's wrong of God to do that. Here's the same scenario with a couple. A couple looks around and says, man, the world is horrible. How in the world? I don't want my child to suffer. Therefore, I choose what? I won't. I just choose not to have any children. Because if I have children, my children will suffer. They'll be living in a bad world. That's the same thing as saying God should not have created this world. Then you and I wouldn't be here. The greatest gift, get this, get this, get this very closely, what I'm about to say to you. Now this, I'm skipping a little ahead and getting a little ahead of myself. But here's where free will comes in. If you take away free will, you don't love God. Because love is a choice. If it's not a choice, it's not love. I could take somebody and I could, I could take especially one of these children and I could force them to do anything I want. You can, up to a degree, you can force people by slavery, by brute force or power. I can force, but is that love? Many of you are big, strong, macho men and you could take you could abuse children or your wife and force them to do and obey. And, but guess what? You cannot force love. Love is a choice. Hence, back to free will. God wanted to create a being in His image that would freely love. But get this. If you say, I don't want evil in this world. Now here's the other thing. Okay. Take away free will. Uh, I don't want anything bad to happen to my children. You know this. You could build a nice, very comfortable, padded room where there's no trampolines for people to fall off of. <laughs> and nothing else. And you could and feed your child through a hole and keep it germ-free, and raise your child in a padded room, never let them play on a house or in a tree. Walked outside the other day, and my son's 20 foot up in this tree over here. I'm thinking, yep, just like me at that age, yeah, okay. And uh, so, you know, and I, did I tell him to get down? Nope, I just said, well, I, I prayed for him that he wouldn't fall and break his neck, okay? And that's what I did. But if I did not want anything bad, Caleb has broke six bones. You say, am I an abusive father? No, he did all those on his own. Except for the time that he had a Superman cape on. He was on the back of the uh, couch, and he was diving onto the beanbag, and Taylor yanked the beanbag out from under the landing pad. And uh, that was Taylor's fault, all right? And I heard the snap, and I've got bad ears and uh, collarbone just like that. Well, if I wanted to perfectly protect my children, I could put them. But guess what? God allows you to live. He doesn't put you in a padded room. He allows you to live and make mistakes and have choices. And sometimes y'all make good choices and sometimes you make bad choices. 
That is freedom. That's free will. And if you have free will, it's your choice to love God or not. It's also your choice to commit bad, bad choices that result in evil. And Adam and Eve did that. Oh, by the way, all the angels did too, and Satan did also. You sound, Brother Michael, I've been going about 20 minutes. Y'all have been really good. I'm trying to put this down where the rubber meets the road. I hope I'm succeeding. This is a big question, and I'm trying to make it practical. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there evil and suffering in the world? And whenever, just think about this. And I've got a story at the end. I think I've shared before, but I'll share it again. It all comes down to perspective. Well, what is the answer? First, evil cannot be destroyed without destroying freedom. As we've said before, free will through free beings is the cause of evil. The cause of evil has had them the freedom to choose. The angels chose, but that didn't wreck human race, didn't it? All it did was make loose for who he was. And I read to you the only two passages in the entire Bible that describe his origin. Okay, there's other passages about the fall of Satan, but anyway, about his origin. Freedom was given so we could freely love God as God chose to freely love us. Does God choose, does God have to love you? Or does He choose to love you? You say, well, it's in God's nature to love because God is love. But does He hate sin? Yes, He does. We are, crea- we are created in God's image. And if God has the freedom to choose, we were created that way also. Head to Matthew chapter 22 now. The greatest gift that God could ever give you. You say, well, that's salvation. Well, no, that's the second greatest gift. Because if, uh, because if you didn't have a choice, you couldn't even choose to be saved. Or well, God could force it on you, I guess. But let's just go with this. Matthew 22, look at what God's will is for your life. Matthew 22 and verse, we'll begin reading with uh, verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. With all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That actually has the meaning of greatest. This is the ultimate. So in looking at this passage, the second like unto it, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. But everybody, everybody look up here at me. You are doing great. You're doing great. Look at me. The greatest gift that God could ever give you is to choose to love. And he wants you to choose him. If you've never been saved, you've never chosen Him. And you don't, you say, well, I love the Lord, but if He is not Lord of your life, the Bible says even the devil believes in God. Just believing in God that He exists doesn't save anybody. It's when you ask Him to be your Savior. Love. The greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. Love.
Love is the greatest good for all free creatures. You say, well, the angels don't have, they fail. Well, God didn't provide salvation for them. You know that. The Bible says it. Matter of fact, the Bible says they earnestly look at salvation trying to figure it out. So a better syllogism or argument is this. Look under E, very almost the end of the page. A better argument is this. If God is all good, He will defeat evil. If God is all powerful, He can defeat evil. Evil is not yet defeated. Therefore, God can and will one day defeat evil. The very argument used against the existence of God turns out to be a vindication of Him and the problem of evil. God isn't finished yet. The final chapter has not been written. Apparently, God would rather wrestle with your rebelliousness than to reign supreme over rocks and trees because rocks and trees have no choice. But He wanted to create free beings and made in His image called man, Adam and Eve. And he told Adam and Eve, and I brought up this question last, uh, not last, well, two weeks ago, answering hard questions. Somebody asked me the question one time, which this has been asked a, a bunch of thousands of times in the ministry. Uh, who's, uh, when Adam and Eve had kids, who'd they marry? Well, they married their brothers and sisters or their cousins or whatever, nieces, nephews, the, uh, there wasn't any problem with genes and genetics until 2,000 years later. Then became against the Mosaic law. And, uh, oh, by the way, they were just obeying God because God says, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So they did. But they had the capacity. The very first murder was committed, of course, by Cain and Abel. It didn't take evil long to rear its head. He had a choice. Well, had it, you know, and I laid a foundation down. Of where, where's all this bad choices come from? Who has the capacity to make bad choices? Well, you and I do. Here's what it all comes down to. God wants to see how you handle Bad choices, and when just bad things happen to you, did you know this? The Bible says bad things happen to the good and the bad, the evil and the just. The Bible says it this way, it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, good can happen to both. Bad can happen to both. My very first time to pastor in 1987 was... uh, There was a preacher friend of mine down the road by the name of Brother Stewart. He was pastoring in Cushata, Louisiana. And he had a church member, a lady, and they had one child, and the child was three years old, and they had been praying a long time for the husband to come to Christ. And, uh, and a tragedy happened. 
the child who was three years old got up under the sink and got a hold of some uh, drain cleaner. And it was, the result of that was very, very horrible. They rushed the child to Shumpert Medical Center in Shreveport, Louisiana. And um, anyway, the they did everything they could, and the baby passed away. A young toddler, not a baby, three years old. And... Uh, the husband, the pat, brother Stewart was there, and and a bunch of family and friends were there. Church members were there, and they couldn't find the mom anywhere. Well, right in in the ICU in Shumpert Medical Center, in 1987. I'm sure it's that way now. Right around the corner, there's a chapel there by the emergency room. Being a Catholic hospital, there's several of those all over the hospital. Little chapel thing. And uh, they found the wife in there. The husband went in, and the the preacher, Brother Stewart's right there. And and they went in, and and in between the mom's sobs, her husband overheard her say, "Dear Lord, I don't know why this happened, but thank you so much." For the three years that you gave me with me and my child. Several months before then, they had she had went down. I found all this out, out afterwards. She had went down the altar to pray with the preacher, as a lot of people do sometimes, and said, I need to pray, and I'll bow down with you and pray. And she had bowed down to pray with Brother Stewart, and they had prayed. And their prayer was this, Dear Lord, whatever it takes, I want to see my husband come to know you as Savior. As the Brother Stewart and the husband were standing behind the wife as she's praying that, the husband hits his knees. And asked Jesus Christ in to be his Savior. His words were this. There is no way that I can respond the way she is responding. But if I could know the Lord. In order that I might be able to have her peace. His words, that weren't exactly his words, but that was the summation of it. He ended up getting saved right there in that chapel, in that emergency room, Shumpert Hospital in 1987. Now David said this about, and this, is, this story is found in Second Samuel, chapter 11 and 12. David said this about his child. My child has passed away. He cannot come to me. But one day I'll go to him. And that is one of the only verses that we have of assurance. Seeing our children again that have passed away before what we call the age of accountability. Folks, there have been a gazillion 
people that have faced that we can, you cannot directly answer why bad tragedies happen. Not directly, not directly. We won't know the sign of glory. But our prayer is, is that God would help us through them and that we would be able to be an example to others. Even in the face of tragedy that we cannot explain. We know why bad things happen, and it's sin. Sin. Where did it come from? All that. I don't understand it. God wants to give you an answer this morning. It may not be, if you're not saved, I know what the answer is. If you don't know Him today, I pray that you'll ask Him to be your Savior. As we prepare for Him invitation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for this time together this morning. And uh, there are some tough, unexplainable tragedies that happen in this life. And dear Lord, I'm praying that you would just help us to look to you. Or strength when those times do occur. To not blame you because choice was not yours. You gave the choice to others. You chose to give us the freedom to love, to reject, to choose or not to choose. Dear Lord, help us to choose you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.